Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation. Taj, are you frozen or is it just me? I think I lost my brother, but it's okay. Uh, my name is TJ Jackson, and with me is, coming up, is my eldest brother, Todd Jackson. Um, this is the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation Power of Love show, where we shine light on loss and grief. Um, so, oh, Todd's power just went out. No joke, he says. Perfect timing. Um, so let me take him out so I can be right here. But... So, He's going to the breaker. This is this is crazy. But anyways, um, this is what you got to love about doing stuff live. Um, <laughs> so it's just going to be me for a bit. But what I do want to say to everyone who may be watching for the very first time, the Power of Love show is a show that the Dee Dee Jackson Foundation, in honor of our mother, Taj, TJ, and Terrell Jackson, uh, we started this to help everyone out there. And it's our attempt to help you get through whatever it is you may be going through. Uh, we are live right now on Facebook and YouTube, and um, we also relay or replay these broadcasts audio-wise, audibly, um, on all the major podcast platforms. Uh, it could be Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you can listen to a podcast, make sure to check out The Power of Love Show. We are there and if you do like our show or get something out of it, we would love if you could uh, like it, leave a review. And the reason why is because it helps others who may need to find our content or may be searching for this kind of content. It helps you. It helps the search engines and the algorithms do their thing to bring it to them. Um, we always talk about this, or at least I always share that when my mother... I lost my mother at 16. I really felt like there was a lack of content and material out there to help me um, get through the situation, which obviously was the hardest situation I've ever had to go through. Luckily for me, I have family and friends that were there for me, but many don't. And um, I want to make sure you all know that there's something, something out there for you. So that's why I'm going to ask you to always like, always share, and always uh, do your thing for, for our foundation. Okay, so until I get Taj back, I, I guess what I'll do is I'll go straight into the show. Um, we have a very, very, very special guest on today's episode of the Power of Love Show. We welcome Laura Madeo. I, I know I probably didn't say the name right, but Laura, you can correct me when you come on. Um, Laura Madeo, a.k.a. Grief Hungry on Instagram is a grief advocate, home chef, and recipe developer who offers tips for easy recipes as well as blunt, as well as a blunt, realistic approach to grieving. Since losing her beloved dad to a tragic accident in 2018, Laura developed a strong sense of devotion to putting weight behind the topic of grief and encouraging nurturing ourselves, honoring our losses, and hopefully finding the Zen in chopping vegetables. Here today to discuss her work and share a bit about her personal story. Without much further ado, please welcome Laura to the Power of Love show. All right, Laura, how are Hi you? Hi there. Good, Good how are you? you? 
I'm uh, doing great. Uh, got thrown a curveball with Todd's power going out right when we went live, but it's, it's part of the joys of, of being live. That My first okay. question to you, Laura, is did I say your name right? You did not. That is okay. It is a nine times out of 10, it's wrong. So it's Medayo. Medayo. The okay. tough one. Yeah. Okay. And I, I apologize. I, I should have prepared before and asked you that question, but. Um, I did, that is okay. so I apologize. It's, it's written well, the, way, the kind of way where people just overthink it, even if you do tell them how to pronounce it. Yeah. So, yeah. no worries. Laura Madayo. Okay, let me pull also, for those who are watching, let me, let me put your name up here so they can see the spelling. Um, awesome. Anyways, with that said, Laura, we, we love having guests on our show who work in all different fields but have a commonality of having experienced loss because it illustrates that grief does not discriminate. Uh, we are all touched by grief at some point in life, of course. Now you, you are a home chef who, or I, I'm curious to know who or what inspired you to become a chef. Sure. Um, so my day job, I actually work in marketing for a big brand, but ever since I was, really little. I loved to cook. I spent way too much time watching the Food Network. I was a huge Emerald Lagasse fan, um, Rachel Ray after school, um, cooking up a storm. Mm. I always loved being the kid that was willing to try anything. I was not ordering chicken tenders and french fries i was ordering like steamers and lobster bisque and you know trying everything under the sun um so i've always been um interested in cooking but also like a super adventurous eater ever since i was young um and you know with a lot of that started this like openness to trying to cook myself. And I was cooking, you know, my family dinner after school at in like sixth, seventh grade. I remember making um, like shrimp scampi before my parents came home from school um, while most kids were on AIM um, typing away. So mm. it's always been um, a passion of mine. I've taken it more seriously as the years have um, gone on and it wasn't really until um, after my dad's accident did I start to recognize that cooking was this form of like mindfulness and meditation for me. It was a relaxing experience for me. Um, and I found that it was like the only time where I could feel in the moment and and present and kind of like dedicate my thought to something. Um, and it was exactly what I needed at the time. I, I commend you. I, I love your story because um, in a way it's similar to me and my brothers. Um, we mm -hmm. were musicians, we loved music. And when we were in the process of recording our album, when my uncle, when my mother passed and it was my uncle Michael who suggested to to put um, how we feel and in, into our craft, into our art, and at that time, you know, we were musicians and we still are musicians. But that was all that we thought about was our music, and I love it because for it sounds or feels like 
for you it was a similar thing, but instead of music, it was cooking. And I never really, until you started talking and, and sharing your story, really put the two in connection because I think it's super important for anyone when, when they're going through a hardship, uh, a, a difficult, very difficult thing, such as loss in their life, to, to really um, be open to finding your favorite or your using your, your favorite passion, using your favorite hobby as a way to help you get through it. A lot of times I think we have a wrong misconception of, of what grieving looks like or what can heal us in our grief. And I love your story because you're showing that cooking can do that. And, um, you know, we always talk about art or, or walks in nature, but it can be something as simple as cooking. And, and I, and I love and respect that. Yeah. It's, Something I I don't think I realized um, up until recently that it's sort of this like it's this energy output that is also energy gained. Like I didn't mm. realize that cooking would then re-energize me. Um, kind of the same way I feel like you said about walking. I feel similarly about working out. I have found I've taken working out far more seriously you know, since I lost my dad mm. and I thought, oh, you know, it's, it's tiring me out. It's helping me sleep at night. The reality was it's also energizing me. Mm. Um, like I'm burning energy, but it's also giving me like all this positivity. Um, and sometimes it's those activities that you think are draining you where yeah. that in fact energizing you. Yeah. Um, what, uh, two questions, one sure. on grieving and one not, one's kind of a more personal selfish one. I don't like vegetables uh, as a cook or as a chef, I should say. But by the way, that's another question. Should we not be saying, is there a difference in saying chef or cook? I'm not a trained professional chef oh. by, by any means. Okay. Um, I'd love to go to cooking school one day and, and is take advantage of something like that. Um I just call myself a home cook, recipe developer. Okay. My, yeah. my my question is, is there a short cheat I can do to eat more vegetables? Because in your bio, you do say finding zen and chopping vegetables. So I say that because I started to learn that I was kind of veering towards recipes, especially early on in grief when I was at my worst, like in the trenches of dark grief, mm. chopping up an onion, chopping up um, a carrot, potatoes, something that like took focus and I could be, um, you know, really careful with and making sure that it was all the same size or things that I normally wasn't, weren't paying close attention to I suddenly was um so that's what I mean about the vegetables it's like sometimes just like chopping is cathartic um mm. the same way that some grievers find peace in you know one of those rooms where you can trash things and hit things and um it's kind of the same feeling is this like sense of relief to chop something up and be aggressive and um you get, you know, some type of output from it. To answer your question about the vegetables, um, 
I also am probably lacking some vegetable intake as well. <laughs> I don't have secrets per se. I've seen a ton of recipes that are like really simple ways of adding, like you could add butternut squash to um, mac and cheese very suddenly. You would, you, I mean, you would not know it was in there. Um, things like that. I mean, there's many home chefs I've seen do it. Jessica Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld's wife, has a ton of recipes exactly for that, which, you know, she developed at home, raising her kids, just sneakily putting vegetables into brownie batter, into pancakes, um, just for the nutrients. But that's not really my, that's not <laughs> that's my not, vibe. That's not my go-to. Um, well, I, I'm terrible at it and I'm trying to get better at it, but I'm going to, um, Taj is back. So let's bring in someone who is actually good, good at eating vegetables um there we go taj you really are having a power outage yeah the only thing lighting me up right now is the laptop and uh 5g on the phone which is what i'm connected to so there's no wow. power here oh taj you know what i give you a hard time man but i, I gotta respect I say something nice yeah i just gotta respect the commitment man it looks like oh. you have a, a a flashlight on you and someone's holding it there so <laughs> But I, I respect yeah. you being here. No, I couldn't miss uh, it. I was excited good. for this episode. So. <laughs> okay, so um, this is what we're gonna go. This is what we're gonna go to next, Laura. I'm curious to know uh, your brand's Instagram bio reads: "Grief is a whole other level of hunger." What does that mean um, to you? What does that mean, and then what does it mean to you? Sure, I think it's probably something you guys will be able to empathize with as well someone who experienced a sudden traumatic death um for me grief was just this like gnawing feeling in the pit of my stomach both literally and figuratively it was this like bottomless pit that i couldn't get out of um i couldn't satiate it either i couldn't fill it you know, I wasn't looking for a brand name or a term at the time um, for any type of Instagram account or, or business. I just kind of thought about it one day and I recognized I was hungry for my former life. Um, mm. I was starving to keep my dad alive, to keep his legacy alive. I was starving for normalcy. Um, like you said at the beginning of this show, even though the internet has made leaps and bounds and communities online have made leaps and bounds at the time, I was struggling to find a community or anyone that I felt could relate to how I felt and what had happened to me. I was in this, what I felt was this like isolating club and I was sort of like starving for a purpose. Um, and then in parallel with that, like I, stress and trauma obviously have an impact on appetite. Mm. We, we know that um, I'm not a professional or in the medical space, but there's enough research out there to show that. And, you know, loss of appetite can be one side of things with stress and grief, or some people turn to food as a way to cope. So it's sort of the parallel of those two feelings. And then as I started thinking further about grief hungry and what that meant to me, it was also like a very uh, 
simple way for me to make grief more relatable to the people that didn't get it. Um, mm. it my purpose was let me tie grief to something that is relatable, which is food, to make it a little bit more, for lack of a better term, digestible to people that aren't like you and I, that haven't experienced a loss yet. Um, Cause that's so much of what I feel like I need to stress um, often on my page or in conversations I have is like you said at the beginning of the show, it's grief is, um, unfortunately, we're all going to experience grief at some time, mm -hmm. but it's not a threat, you know, N nothing that I'm trying to portray on my page or in my writing or in what I'm sharing is to scare or threaten someone into, well, you know, your, your dad is going to die in a car accident because a crowbar came through his windshield. Now, mm -hmm. what happened to me is an outlier, horrible, horrific incident. However, this feeling of loss and grief and what I'm experiencing could very well happen to anyone at any point in their life. Mm. Um, and it's only going to serve the world better to have like just the slightest inclination of what this possibly feels like for somebody. That's cool. Do you remember if there was a specific moment where, uh, where you felt like, I can combine my passion for cook, cooking as well as the experience of loss and grief and create grief hungry. Cause I think that's a brilliant brand name. I think it's a brilliant way you, I loved how you explained it. Was there Thank a specific you. moment? Was it a discussion? Was it a, um, an aha moment? What, what was it that brought, what inspired that grief hungry uh, to what inspired grief hungry to exist? Sure. Um, I can't recall really if there was this like aha moment. I think the one takeaway that I remember being um, the, mo the largest like driving factor was um, I had had enough of being sent casseroles when I was in like the depths mm -hmm. of my grief, um, which I know it's been a little while, but maybe you can both remember as well, at least for an Italian family, um, we were given platters of sandwiches and uh, casseroles, lasagnas, breads. I was sick of it. Um, it is such a generous thought, but it is just this like, overwhelming pile of food and it's also like a reflection of like the only reason you have this food is because of what's happened to you so there's part of you that doesn't even want anything to do with it um mm. and when i started thinking more about grief hungry i thought wouldn't it be nice instead to get a cookbook from someone who's been in the trenches already, who's been in the depths of grief already. And they say, you know, here's a pasta salad recipe that I made for four weeks straight. And this is all I ate, but I, this is what got me through. And so, and you went, obviously, like you said, with the cook going, basically going public is a whole nother thing to do. 
Um, right. It's not easy experiencing grief, obviously, but the, the decision to share the grief in a public manner um, is another decision. And I would love to know a little bit of where you're at on that, the thought process. And um, because for us, it was, it took us a while, you know, we lost our mother in 94. Um, right. Yes. Almost 30 years ago. And, and DD Jeff is since 2015. So it took us almost 20 years, a little over 20 years, I should say, to, to start DDJF and to start going public in a way with, with what we're doing. Um, I'd love to know your decision to go quote unquote public with Grief Hungry and, and yeah, your thoughts on that. Sure. I think it's um, a few complicating reasons. One, which I think, and no two losses are the same, no two people are the same, both instances are very different, but one I think you could relate to is my dad was a pretty well-known mm. attorney in this area. It was also, the accident was horrific in nature, but it was um, clickbait. It was all over the news. It was on ABC Nightly News. It was on um, like some of the tabloids in Europe. Um, it was on ABC News's Facebook page. It was, I couldn't escape it. It was, it was public beyond my control. Um, so I think part of it was I felt I wanted to speak publicly about him the way that I wanted him to be remembered, not for what happened to him. Um, and then the other part of it, I think, was oddly enough, I find that talking about grief and talking about my dad publicly and on Instagram. Um, I feel that I'm a little bit more honest and more blunt in those spaces than I am just in normal day-to-day -day interactions with someone, even someone I'm close with asking me, you know, I remember being asked, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? And I was so surfacey. Um, I didn't want to get into it, but when I sort of, developed this community and found like-minded people who had experienced something similar, or at least I felt got it. Um, I felt like I could be incredibly blunt and honest. Um, and that was well received. Um, so it's, it's kind of the combination of those two things, I think. Um, Understood. And, and thank you for sharing that. Was, was there, a, was there a fear of, uh, sharing your, your, um, I guess thoughts and what you're going through online in that way. I mean, I know, I know how therapeutic it could be. I know that you know in that way, but a lot of people are worried about that because people are judgy and all that stuff. And so most people think the opposite. They would think person you would share not online where a lot of people can comment, but. I mean, yeah, I've seen I've seen what that does in terms of in a positive way as well. I think, and I hate calling it stages, which you've probably talked about a, a many times. We know mm -hmm. like the stages of grief were not built for the grieving; they were built for the dying. But I was obviously, you know, a few years ago now when I started grief hungry, I was in some type of stage, and I think it was anger. I think I was angry at the world. I was resentful, but then I also 
wanted to just scream from the rooftops maybe how I was feeling without actually having to have a lot of those conversations. And once I started sharing a lot of that blunt openness about, you know, just how truly horrible early grief was for me, um, I started getting actually a lot of positive feedback and response um, and support from folks who felt really similarly and just didn't know that anyone ever felt that way as well. Mm -hmm. um, so it gave me more motivation to continue to share and, and to write. Um, I'd say the one area where I should have been more careful and wasn't was I spoke really bluntly and honestly um, about bereavement leave policies um, and how grief is spoken about or not spoken about or supported or not supported in the workplace. And, you know, I certainly could have been reprimanded for a lot of what I've shared and said, um, but it's honest and it's mm. reality. Um, and I think we need to continue to have those tough conversations. Um, I think a lot of it is I feel this like instinct to protect future grievers. Um, and I just hope that they have a positive experience. There's no silver lining to this. I, didn't, I know I don't need to tell either of you that, um, mm. but if we can make it a little easier for future grievers, I'd like to try. Um, Georgina has a quick question. How is the response to your book? Cause it's so different. Um, I don't have a book yet, Georgina, but I, 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 I hope when I do, you'll buy it. Maybe just the idea of the book. Um, I think the response of, you know, recipe sharing in general has been really positive. I've had a lot of people on the Instagram page share the recipes of their loved one or someone that they've lost as well as a story about that person. Um, and I think it's just encouraged more people to share and it's, it's given folks that don't necessarily have the confidence to have this voice. I'm, I'm trying to give them the platform to do that. Um, so. I, I have a question. Does cooking sure. make you feel close to your dad in any way? And um, in a in a show we did years ago, we talked about suggested tips for coping with the loss of a loved one, and cooking was one of them. So um, I'm, and we've even I think we've shared this, Taj. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we talked about uh, cooking a lost loved one's favorite meal in honor as a as a way of coping and grieving. So I'm two questions: Does cooking make you feel close to your dad? And then the second question is: Do you ever prepare his favorite meals in his honor? Yeah, I think um, it's not like a unique, outlandish thing what I'm doing. I think a lot of grievers, um, especially around the holidays, find mm -hmm. that it's um, a special, you know, thing to do. Um, you know, I definitely grew up cooking with my dad and I think a lot of my adventurous eating and um, ordering out at restaurants was because of him. He was also an adventurous 
eater and would try anything. Um, and sometimes it's not even just cooking his favorite meal. I'll make an effort to, you know, order maybe what he would have ordered out at a restaurant. Um, especially if it's, you know, an occasion like his birthday or a holiday. If I see that there's like linguine with clam sauce or there's chicken cacciatore or, um, you know, a, he used to order like a dry turkey sub, like no mayo, no oil and vinegar, which I know sounds like a crime. Um, but things like that just make him feel more present to me. Um, and I guess in turn feel more connected to him, but like I'm honoring him. Um, so I think that's kind of the feeling I'm trying to exude for others um, by sharing their family's recipes too. What is your hope for grief uh, hungry? Do you want to keep it to social media as an interactive journal type outlet or eventually do something else with it like a book because some people are saying do a book do a book um maybe with like a cookbook with personal anecdotes maybe something like that um so curious to know what is your hope for grief hungry yeah it's a really good question um it started you know entirely virtually and it's actually bowled up to a couple um, in-person things already. So just this past Father's Day, um, I hosted a Grief Hungry workout um, for, on Father's Day. So um, in, in the Boston area, myself and um, a bunch of other grievers who were grieving the loss of their dad or someone else, um, it was a charity workout. So we raised about $5,000 for um, uh, a charity that supports grieving kids to go to um, summer camp who have lost either a parent or a caregiver or a sibling. And then in turn, we just all, you know, sweated out and worked out really hard. Um, and that's since bubbled up to doing some live and in-person uh, cooking classes. Um, which I think a lot of the community could support and um, whether it's a charitable contribution or not. Um, I don't know. I'm open to grief hungry being as big or as little as it needs to be for people. Obviously the book has always been um, mm. a really important point for me, but I do see this being um, bigger than I could have imagined. It's already been, you know, it's already gotten bigger and amassed more of a following than I ever thought it could. Um, <laughs> and, and real quick, I see you're on TikTok too. And, and for those, um, well, first of all, Instagram is at grief hungry for anyone yes. who may be listening and can't see the screen. Uh, if you want to check out Laura um, Madayo, am I saying it right? Yes, you got it. Sweet. Laura Madayo's, M Laura Madayo's um, grief hungry page on Instagram. The handle is at grief hungry and then you can also check her out on facebook which we have here it's just grief hungry on facebook but then there's also tiktok which is at laura madayo and madayo is spelled m-a-d-a-i-o i'm curious to know what are you doing on tiktok same thing um i just have a couple of uh posts one was like 
uh, onion dip recipe that has kind of gone viral um, from an Instagram reel that I posted one of my most popular recipes, which goes back to the vegetable chopping. It was just this recipe that I created, um, caramelized onion dip with a ton of onions. It takes a long time to cook down, but it's sort of this like cathartic experience because you're likely going to cry, not from being emotional, but from cutting up like six massive onions. Um, and then you need to have patience to, to cook it down. But if you like onions, it's, you know, worth it in the end, the end result. Um, and, you know, it makes people feel productive to have put the time and energy into making something like that. So it's people can um, submit recipes for a re recipe sharing element of grief hungry. Is that, that's right, right? Yes. Yeah. So um, okay. you can shoot me a DM on Instagram or um, email me griefhungry at gmail.com. Okay, let, let me put those up. So there's, uh, you could DM at griefhungry and email or email at griefhungry at gmail.com. And this again is for people to submit recipes um, to share for grief hungry, right? Yes. And where do people get to view um where can they see these recipes and, and, and I guess cook them, cook the food. Sure. So on my Instagram account, um, on the grid, you'll see all of these different images of folks. You'll see a lot of my dad and then you'll see a wide array of individuals. Um, and those are people who have been submitted to me by grievers. Um, so I'll take images of who you've lost. It doesn't need to be, um, a family member, it could be a friend, it could be anyone, it could be a pet. Um, and any type of recipe that is either theirs that you make in honor of them or a recipe that's gotten you through, it could be something as simple as, you know, the way you make your Kraft mac and cheese um, and how you've made it for the last three years since you, you know, lost your grandmother, whatever it is, um, you'd be surprised what will resonate with um, people right now. Given all the grief work you've done since losing your, your father, I'm curious to know what advice you would give. What would you say to a young person who is fresh in, in this world and in, in the losing of a parent and is grieving, um, currently grieving? Sure. It's a tough one. Um, it's hard to offer like advice or reflect back because I recognize now that I was in like crisis mode. You know, I was back then early on in my grief, I was experiencing, you know, depression for the first time, post-traumatic stress. I was just like gripping on to the only people I had close to me and like finding it impossible to carry conversations or relationships with like anyone else outside of like just a few people. Um, so I try not to regret that period. So I won't offer advice of like, hmm. Oh, I wish I had done something differently. Um, but I will say talking about my loss, whether it's publicly or not, um, whether it's to a friend, a, a doctor, a therapist, whoever it is, um, and just being honest about 
your grief will make it feel a little less heavy. Um, so that's one aspect. And I think a, a little bit of what we talked about earlier, prioritizing some type of self-care, whether it's the cooking, a walk, like you suggested, going to the gym. I joined this like smaller community gym in Boston, maybe like five months after I lost my dad. And I wish I had joined sooner. Um, not from a physical appearance or aesthetic perspective by any mm. means, more from a being held accountable and feeling productive and just having one item to check off during the day. Um, yeah. You know, it would have helped me carry on, I think, a little bit easier if I had known, like, okay, I got one thing done today. Yeah. I, I think um, there's a lot of things we, we – and I, I'll say it this way. My advice for anyone who may be dealing with losses to know your situation is unique and to, and to remind you that you're not alone. And, and like Laura said, um, get out there and, and do your walks, do uh, some gym, do um, – it, it's super important, you know, and, and one of those things that – I think we take for granted and we don't realize it. You know, I think a lot of times we think of grieving as sitting somewhere and crying and sitting somewhere and doing no bodily movement. And I think that's um, uh, in a way a trap that we need to kind of uh, change and, and, and society needs to do a better job of sharing other alternatives. I think walking and, and running and, and, you know, yoga, all that stuff helps tremendously, tremendously, wind grieving so and i love the fact that you shared for you it was jim and i love the fact that you shared it wasn't even a an appearance thing it was just um you know that the act of of getting being in motion and doing things that helped a lot for you right uh, um very cool okay so laura we are at the time where i would love taj unless you had any <clears throat> any questions you wanted to ask before we, sh we we give laura the floor no i mean i'm just yeah, thank you for sharing your story in, in that way. I know a lot of I'm looking at the comments, and a lot of people are resonating with oh, with good. that. And um, when you talked about advice, I would say, you know, the fact that you went through all that and here you are today is the best advice in in general. You know, to know that you can make it out when you're in crisis mode, because right. when you're in that mode, um, you feel like there's no way out in that. And so I think you just being here and, and, and so positive and what you're doing shows that there's a way out. Thank you. All right, Laura. So we are at that time where, you know, minute, minute and a half, two minutes, whatever time you need. I'm, we give this, this time to all of our guests where they can share whatever it is they want to share with the community. It doesn't have to be, um, grief related or grief hungry related. Um, it could be about a TV show, a song, a dance, anything you want to share with our and give to our community. Now if, is, is the time. Sure. Um, so I thought a little bit about this and admittedly, I'm not a great reader. Um, I'd like to be better. I'd like to spend that time in bed reading as opposed to scrolling, but I'm working on that. So one show that resonated with me recently, and it's been difficult to find 
a show that I feel like really explains or expresses grief the way that I understand it. Um, since I lost my dad and since I experienced a traumatic loss, I feel like I see grief and death and violence in TV shows and movies so differently now. I get very turned off by it. I don't relate to it. I hate that it's used as just like a very quick, simple plot line. But one show that I feel that is recent that has gotten it so well is The Bear on FX. So that's what I would leave, um, you know, the audience and the both of you with if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I haven't heard. It, I haven't even heard of it, Laura. I'm sorry to cut you out. Can you just explain oh, okay. a bit more what what the bear is about? Yes, I don't want to give away too much. Um, the bear is about a chef um, who comes back to take over his brother's uh, restaurant after his brother. Um, passed away from suicide. Wow. Um, and okay. It, you know, has some darkness, but I just think does such an incredible job of um, explaining the complexities of grief and how much it impacts a family dynamic. Um, and, you know, I can't relate personally to, um, to death by suicide experiencing that personally in my family um but from the few followers i have on instagram who have experienced um, a death by suicide they also felt like it was just this true and raw um and relatable experience that's cool i, I appreciate you sharing that because i never heard of the bear and i wouldn't have guessed that's what it was about but now that it's Laura Madayo approved, I may have to check it out. Um, Caitlin adds, love seeing TV content that deals with grief. Shrinking is another good one. I haven't seen that one. Shrinking uh, just came out. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it has like amazing reviews and is also doing a really good job at explaining, you know, modern grief and being relatable too. Very cool. Well, Laura, um, I thank you for for being with us today. Um, there are some comments that I do want to share um, from people who um, want to thank you for being on. Carrie says, thank you, Laura. This was um, so inspiring. Uh, Lana says, thank you for this. Self-care is vital when we are grieving. Miss um, Silent Siren says, thank you for sharing your story and kindness, Laura. Um, and then there's a couple other comments I want to highlight. Constantine says, I've been missing the lives, but I'm listening them later on the Apple podcast app. Nice. Um, Clarice says, my mom passed away two months ago. I'm taking it day by day. We are all sending you love and prayers and light, Clarice. Um, I think day by day is the only way to take it. Um, yeah, just sending you love on, on behalf of not only our foundation, but all of us you're seeing on the screen and the whole community. Um, Elena says, my mother, my family, and my brother's family make it a point to have a homemade meal together once a month. And we always find ourselves cooking my father's favorite meals. It's not intentional. It just happened. It's very cool. Um, Lady Maestra says, my late father loved to eat. He took me and my family to plenty of his favorite restaurants through the years. 
Now that he's gone, I always think about him when I visit one of these uh, favorite places. So very cool. And then uh, Georgina also says, God going, God going for a walk is my soul food during sad days. Um, so, and then we have two, uh, super chats. We need to discuss our share. And that is from Kimberly who says, I remember when I lost my mom, everyone kept bringing KFC. <laughs> I see you smiling, Laura. You could probably relate with your Italian um, food that everyone yeah, was bringing. People just bring comfort food and it, it's always heavy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then Kimberly also says, Hey, TJ, great show. Hope you got a chance to see the artwork. I haven't yet. Kimberly. Um, but I promise you, I will. I'm sorry. And um, I will. I promise you. So um, Taj Jackson, I'll go to you. Was there anything else we may have missed? Or, and I know I've already said this, but anything else? Um, no, I, I, as I said, like I wanted to be on and, and because I was excited about the show. Um, I like when we do different topics and stuff like that, that um, I don't know what to expect. Um, I don't do the research like TJ does or like Caitlin does in, in terms of knowing what's ahead. Of, so when I hear it, it's for the first time. And I, I just really enjoyed this um, episode. So thank you. And that's not a thank you thank to you. you, TJ. It's a thank you oh, to I, I, you. I, <laughs> I know you know that, TJ, but I just wanted to. <laughs> you want to make sure everyone knows that. Yeah, I just want to make sure. Um, um, Laura, anything else you want to say? You good? No, that's. That's that's it. I appreciate okay. you both so much. And again, no matter how long ago it was, I feel for you and your loss mm -hmm. as well. Um, and Same I think what you're doing and the foundation um, is the perfect way to carry your mom's legacy. Thank you. Thank you for those words, Laura. Thank you very much. Um, that is it, everyone. We are going to wrap up today's show. Uh, we thank you guys for watching. Of course, if for anyone who's watching on YouTube or Facebook, remember there's always a podcast if you miss one of our live streams. With that said, we wish everyone love, light, um, and and all the good stuff in life. Uh, I think that's it. We will see you guys next Wednesday at 1 o'clock. God bless you all, and adios, everyone. Bye, guys. Thank you.